If you'll open up your Bibles to Romans uh, uh, chapter 8. And so that is what we are studying um, as a community uh, over the semester. And so we're going kind of a couple verses at a time. Uh, I'm going to pray for us and then um, then we'll get started. Lord, um, as we uh, are allowed to gather together to sit um, under your teaching, uh, Father, I pray... Uh, just like last week, Father, that you help us be open uh, in sharing um, as we discuss and as we uh, kind of have an open forum uh, just for being together and for uh, helping us understand how to live the Christian life. Uh, what better testimony, not that, um, that it's not uh, just me talking, Father, but it's a community speaking into their struggles and uh, what, um, what they need and what they want and what they're learning. And so, Father, I pray that this would be uh, just a good space uh, for us to be blessed this morning by one another and by what you're going to teach us. Lord, we ask you to speak in Christ's name. Amen. All right. Um, so as we're, um, as we're looking at Romans um, 8, 7, and 8, I want to do just a, like a super quick recap um, from last week, Romans um, 8, 5, and 6. And so if you've never been in the space before, we want this to be somewhat like a lecture hall in that, uh, you know, I talk a lot, I have a microphone so you can hear me, uh, but we really want this to be as interactive as you can. As, as we're talking about something, I'm going to say, hey, does that make sense? And I need you to like, yes, and if it does, I need you to ask me a question. Does that make <laughs> So I don't want to, this is not something where, hey, I've got some, some stuff I want to go through and then that's the win. The win is for us, for this to be a helpful um, time for us to understand what God wants us to do and how we can do that better. That makes sense? Yes, excellent. All right, you guys are learning already. Um, so where we, where we left off last time is we, many of us, uh, our Christian lives are uh, characterized by what I might call, what we might call sin management, right, where most of our lives are kind of characterized by living uh, below this line or below the space that, um, but really below the, the life, I don't know how to unwrap this thing, okay, recorded mics, um, below the line uh, that he has for us, that he has new uh, life, it's a life that he would, we would call normal, that he has for us, yet many of our Christian lives are kind of in, down here, uh, in a life of what I call sin management that I don't really get past my sin, I just kind of deal with it. Like, it's just ever-present before me, and that's just kind of my lot in life, and I'm stuck there. And as we were um, talking about that last week, this is supposed to be a pig, all right? And so the idea was that, as I would describe that time in my life, uh, is a pig in a pig pen, right? That I'm, I'm there kind of just dealing with my sin. I get dirty, I need to wash off, but yet I live in that pig pen, and so my lot in life really is just to be dirty and be sinful, and yet God calls us up here, and where we, where we left it is that we need to leave this life behind by living this new one. And so what we're going to uh, talk about this morning is uh, two ideas. The idea of hostility, that why our life away from God is actually hostile to him. It's not, it's not a neutral life, and it's not a life um, that's just like, yeah, it's not no big deal. Um, and the same thing uh, is this idea of Sorry, getting tangled up in my cord here. Um, and the uh, and the other uh, and the other idea is this idea of uh, pleasing God. So we're we're going to talk about that as we uh, deal with both. Okay. So let's read here Romans eight seven through eight. Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile towards God, for it is not subject 
subject itself to the law of God, for it is uh, not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So as we talked about what that mindset leads to, right, it leads to sin management, that ever before me, right, is my sin, and I don't know how to get past it, and that just kind of is my lot in life. And a lot of us are just kind of suffering in that state. What we, what we also talked about last week is that the, the issue really is our desires uh, for that we, the things that we chase after, the things that we seek to do, the things that we decide to do, right, are, uh, are trying to fill this void, right, or trying to do this thing that only God can do. And so over and over again, the things that we do away from him, right, don't fulfill us, yet we continue to do them. And so we're kind of caught in this loop, right, of essentially being dirty. And so the, the pig-bat thing that we draw last week kind of represents that space, that, that place that we, uh, that we feel that we're in. And so how I would sum up this idea of um, hostility, and I want to get your feedback from the jump, is um, if you'll go back one. And I think this, this is where the hostility is, uh, starts, that God is saying, I can't have what I want. And so I want you to speak uh, into that about why, uh, about why that feeling is uh, hard to manage, right? Because as the world says, whatever it says that I follow, that uh, you can, you, you, your heart wants what it wants, um, you should follow after your heart, um, you know, whatever you're doing is fine, you know, just don't, uh, just don't judge somebody else. And yet, as we all know, as we, uh, as we read God's word, as we have engaged with it, that there's many things that he does not want us to do, but that's kind of where we're stuck, that I want to do certain things, and he doesn't, and he wants me to do other things. And so there's where the, there's where the hostility starts. So talk to me about what that feels like. Talk to me about how that, um, how you interact with um, what God wants uh, you to do and then what you want to do. That's right. And yet we're stuck there, right? Because I want to do the things because there's a reason to do it, right? I, I like it. It's fun. <laughs> feels good. Fill in the blank. And so that's where we get, uh, so there, we're at odds with God in that way. What else? Maybe one more. What does this feel like? What's the struggle? What a great segue, Renee. Fantastic. So the issue, as you can, as you can see, God is saying, I can't have what I want. Right, so God is seeking to be our authority, and so where's the rub? God, this authority that I'm trying to, it's like, should I let him have it? <laughs> and there's this, that who I am, I'm an authority figure, and then he, the other authority figure, is not letting me do what I want. And so that feels terrible, because constantly God is saying, hey, what God wants is better, yet the only thing I know is the things that I do the things that I want and why I want them. And so you're just kind of, it feels arbitrary to just say I can't have what I want. But that therein is the hostility. So why then is the mindset on the flesh hostile? I want you to look at kind of this idea of hostility because it feels, it feels like a little bit bigger or stronger word um, than we mean it, but I want us to be clear here. Hostility, unfriendliness, opposition, warfare, combativeness. If, uh, if I were to grab a stick or this microphone, I pull it out, right? And Brooks, you were to grab it too. Here, come up and, come, come up and grab it. Okay, so we both have something that we want. 
Now, what is your uh, uh, five-year-old, six-year-old guy? I don't know if, if uh, girls do this, maybe with a bunny. Okay. With a guy, definitely two guys have grabbed a stick before. Amen. <laughs> Absolutely. So, what happens after that? Do the both like, oh no, you can have it. No, no, you can have it. What happens? And so, <laughs> I appreciate that. I like that you thought you could, right? Just snap that thing. Um, when we're talking about hostility, that really is the idea that comes about is that as there's this thing called my life, right? That I have a hold to and God has a hold to. And he's saying, um, as account of the gospel, like your life is mine. A lot of times we think, well, I can... I can have Savior God, uh, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I'll decide later about Lord God. And so he, we have our stick. He reaches out and grabs it, and I'm trying to figure out. Well, but, and that is, God is telling me, right to not want what I want. And that is what the struggle feels like. It's an authority. Uh, it's a struggle for authority in our own lives. And sometimes I don't think we think about it that way. We just think, well, God doesn't want me to have fun. <laughs> he wants to keep me from things. And we're going to get into that in a second, but I want us to wrap our heads around about that is the hostility, this struggle for lordship. So there's a pie chart, if you can find that. And when we're thinking about, if, we're gonna, if you have a piece of paper, kind of do this little exercise on your own, on, on your own piece of paper in the notebook. Got to draw a pie. And what you think about as it relates to lordship, okay, um, this is uh, prob- probably a pretty typical way that we think about um, our own authority and God's authority. That our lives are set up based upon our authority, that I decide what I do with my time, right? That that is what it feels like an experience, okay? And so uh, as you look at this pie chart, if this is similar maybe to Uh, what your life looks like? Is this right or wrong as it relates to God's authority in your life and what it should be? Because God, this is not the answer. God is not saying, let me figure out, um, let me figure out all fun things in Dario's life and then we're going to, we're just going to kind of strike through those. Like that, that is not the picture of God that we should have. (laughs) He's not hunting to dismiss our fun. Right? He's not hunting to dismiss all the things that we enjoy in life. That's missing the idea. So, but as we look at this idea, this idea of lordship, what's, what's wrong with this picture? Okay. Possibly, yep. So the, I would think... You know, if God was looking at your pie chart and just kind of like. Do you think that he wants that part to be bigger? Is that the problem? Lauren. Interesting. Okay. I like where you're going. Somebody else. Alex. Okay. So the issues are not the things kind of in those, in those pie pieces. It's who we kind of give the authority to to pick what those things are, right? 
So then, so here again, this looks like most people would say, like, that's a pretty good pie. Like, look, I mean, that's, you know, God and church are on the pie piece. <laughs> but why is this, this um, representation of your life, why is this life hostile? Go back to the slide where it has the definition of hostility. And there's actually a slide with some synonyms as well. Why is living my life as, as represented by the pie piece hostility? Brewer. That's right. I need some stickers. I'd give you a sticker. What kind of sticker would you take if I had, like, some good options? A star? Okay, nice. Right, as we're thinking about this idea of lordship, right, over the pie piece is this perspective that we need to have, right, that, that I actually don't uh, get to choose. Ultimately, I shouldn't be the one choosing. Because what happens is I set my life up, right, and then I ask God, what should I do? And he, and he tells you, and you're like, you look at your pie piece like, um, where could I give just a little more time to make sure that happens, right? Isn't that how it feels? <laughs> that, uh, God, I'm sorry, uh, if you were here Monday, uh, I actually already took all my, I allotted all my time. You came on Tuesday and asked the question, I'm, I'm sorry, you'll have to come back next semester, my, my plate's full. Is, is that not what we do, though? Because as he asks us things, the question is not, should I do that? We know we should is, can I do it? And the answer generally is no. <laughs> because I've already decided what my time and what my stuff and how to allocate what I've got. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3 says this, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them we too all formerly lived, in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. As we think about what, think about what that pie piece is, is when we're thinking about hostility to God, what does God want done in the world? Just popcorn. What does God want done in the world? Say, like, Bible, you know, like Sunday school answers, because they're right. <laughs> what does God want done in the world? For his kingdom to be advanced. Excellent Bible school, uh, Sunday school answer. Love, yes. <laughs> what else? You can do it. To follow him. What else? He wants us to make disciples. Peace. Right, all of those things are not just things that happen nebulously, are they? That those are the things he wants, those are the things that he's working in the ways that he works, mostly through you. <laughs> that he wants them done, and yet if his people aren't active in doing those things, then you're being hostile to what he wants. Does that make sense? 
Because has anyone had anyone impede what they were doing? Let's say if it was even like, hey, I want to play apples to apples. You're like, no, I want to play phase 10. You're being, ha- you're being hostile to apples to apples guy. Are you not? Like that's, that's the will and desire is to play apples to apples. Or this other uh, ridiculous game that we played before, the Christ- cards Christians like. Have you, is that what it's called? That's a ridiculous game. But it's funny. But that's the issue, is that as God has an agenda and we have an agenda, right, there's hostility. Anybody in high school wanted to do something and mom and dad had a different idea, how did you react? Was it like, (laughs) how did you react? Yep, yep. Anybody else want to share? (laughs) huh doing it anyway nice well done Jay (laughs) Uh, what would how would your parents describe that go to the synonyms for hostility how would your parents describe that behavior (laughs) spiteful malevolent antagonistic unfriendly that's the best one You see, we all have this illusion that me just living my life whatever way I want, God's like, that's eh, fine. It's not that he, uh, that he is, again, up there uh, trying to stop fun. It's he has things that he wants done. And we can't do them if we're just doing what we want to do. So then, the last part I want to talk about is this idea of pleasing God, and all of this comes together. If you would uh, turn over with me to um, Exodus chapter 20, and uh, if you've never been in that part of the Bible, this is where uh, the Ten Commandments are written, uh, and uh, the Jewish people called it the Decalogue, or the Ten Words, right, that this is God's heart for people, but I want you to understand it. Um, in its proper context, that we, we say law is, again, maybe keeping us safe. We think law is um, keeping things dull. Uh, it's just kind of telling us, hey, what's wrong or what we don't want to happen. Uh, but God's law uh, needs to be seen in the context of relationship. Meaning, I want you to look at the Ten Commandments or the Decalogue as... Uh, this is how I maintain relationship with the Father. That this is his desire for you, right? Is that as he is your God and you are living as if uh, that is so, then that's what this looks like. And so I'd love for y'all to kind of turn to a person or a third person around you. And I want you to talk about maybe some questions or some thoughts that you have about that idea. And so there's lots of things that are written in his law. This is kind of a summation of them, so I won't get into all that today. But I want you to talk just one to another about what questions then do you have if the Decalogue, if the law is, is um, how I maintain proper relationship with the Father, then what might that mean then for my obedience? Or what questions do I have about how that might work? So I want you to all talk about that real quick, and then we'll discuss and move forward uh,
as we close. All right, make sense? All right, one minute, one minute warning, one minute warning. All right, thoughts, questions. So let's start with the thoughts. So another way to put that is as if that's true, then that means X. Or if that's true, then I mean I've got a lot of questions. <laughs> so any thoughts that you uh, that you had, and then we'll start with like I got just got lots of questions. Any thoughts to, to lead off with? Regulating relationship. Think about this rules of engagement. Yes or Nick? So quick, uh, just a reminder, so last week we want to have this idea of sin, right, not as uh, God not letting me do what I want necessarily or bad stuff, but sin is missing the mark, that God has created you, right, for, for the earth and creation and the world to work in a certain way, and as you don't kind of listen or do the things that he asks, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> so as we take our, ourselves as our authority and kind of do whatever we want, uh, sin happens. Like it's just, here's the bullseye, and we are just all over the place, but none of it is what he wants. So another way to look at this is this idea of, uh, anybody ever heard this idea of uh, love language, right? That like I have a love language. Everybody's like, yes, oh yes, I know this. Right, but, uh, but have you ever thought that God has a love language? That to, to love him, right, that we have to do certain things, that there are certain things that please him. Any of you been in a relationship where you have displeased the other person? Anybody? <laughs> Renee? So we're thinking about this idea of, of hostility and then being pleasing, right? They're, they're at other, they're both ends of the spectrum. What pleases God? What is his love language? Obey him, why? Why, actually, why is that all of our love language? <laughs> Any relationship you have, you have a set of rules, like let's say it's two, uh, two guys that are friends, uh, two colleagues, uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife. Uh, mom, uh, uh, mother, I don't know why I can't think, get this out, mother, daughter, <laughs> brother, sister, all of these relationships have rules governing them, correct? And so if you're the brother, what do you not want your sister to do? How can she, how can she violate your love language? Take your charger. Ah, I hate that. Husband, wife. How can husband not, uh, how can husband kind of be hostile to a relationship with his wife? Yeah, that would be the worst one. But there's lots of other than one that we're, we've, you know, do off and on to each other. <laughs> what would you say, Renee? What would you say? <laughs> Critical, yeah, that hits a little too close to home. Critical spirit. So what does God, what pleases God?
My dad is a, a huge Georgia Bulldog fan. And uh, growing up, uh, we go to the games on Saturdays. And um, you know what pleased him? Uh, going with him. But the other thing is like wanting Georgia stuff, right? Because he's a Georgia fan. He has money. And what does he want to do? Spend it on that stuff, right? That my dad has an agenda. It's rooting for the Bulldogs, right? And uh, I'm hostile to that agenda if I don't join him in that, right? So he, so he he's like, hat? Yeah. <laughs> Shirt? Yeah. <laughs> Go to the game with me and sit with me and drive three hours each way? Yeah. <laughs> right? All this pleases him. This is my dad's love language. How do I be hostile to that? Hating the Bulldogs, not wearing the stuff, not going to the game, not cheering, right? And so here's, here's where it hurts, right, as we throw back the pie chart. If God's love language is other people, you see where I'm going with this? And my schedule doesn't allow me to learn to love others, doesn't allow me to spend time with him, then that is hostility to the Father. He's not mad, he's sad. Do you understand that? Because he, he, he made life to work a certain way and you're not living it the way it's supposed to be lived and you're missing out. And so is everybody else. That's hard for us, but we need to feel that that is the mark that we continually miss. What is the greatest and then second greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and your strength. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. That is God's love language. Not doing that is hostility to him. Not doing that is the miss. It's not... It's not all the peripheral things that we think, ah, that's bad, that's bad, that bad. No, what's bad is not doing what he wants us to do. That stuff is distracting. Let's look back then at our scripture. The mind set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Does that make sense? You're like, does that make sense? I want that to make sense. Indeed, it cannot, it is unable to do so. Why? Pie chart. That's why we're stuck down here. All right, that's why we're like a little piggy bat thing. <laughs> Managing our sin because we don't, we're not doing this. When we're doing this, this stuff, we don't have time for this stuff. When we're pleasing God, we don't have time to not please him. When I'm with my father doing the thing that he wants me to do and I'm at the football game wearing the Georgia hat, cheering for the Bulldogs, I can't possibly be hostile to him because I'm where he wants me to be. Questions? <laughs> As you're thinking through that, then... So, so, so what then? <laughs> Repeat the prompt? Well, it was just like, if, if we understand that, 
if we understand that kind of concept of what pleasing to God looks like, right, then it's like, so anytime uh, I am kind of working through something and it makes sense to me, I have like a thousand questions then, right? So I want to, so that's why I'm like, is there any questions? If not, then, or as far as any kind of thoughts on that, otherwise, like what questions then do you have about like how we do that? Or is that kind of fairly straightforward to you? That's a good question. That's a really good question. How do we, so how do we get it to look like this? I'll start with that one and then we'll reverse engineer. Do we let God into the equation of how our lives look generally? Simple yes or no is good. Yes, no. No. So she asked, how do we get the pie chart to look like it's supposed to? And then I said, well, how does, how does the pie chart get to looking like this? Because didn't, you, didn't, you just weren't handed one. <laughs> yeah, so, so our natural inclination is to compartmentalize. There's Jesus stuff and there's my stuff. But by virtue of him being our Savior and Lord, there isn't my stuff and his stuff. It's his stuff. That's the issue of authority. That's the issue of law. Right, if he is my God, uh, put up uh, the, like, the reverse Ten Commandments. Look at the first, uh, look at the first two Right, the very first commandment is that you should have no other authorities, and you count. So the very first word, right, is that you, you don't get to have the say that you want to have. That, those are actually the terms of the gospel. <laughs> it's not like a secondary or tertiary idea. Those are the terms of the gospel. If you would follow me. You must deny yourself, take up your cross, and come on. And so as we look at God's love language, that's the first idea that we've got to wrap our heads around. Is that he, he he's, he's saying, Rob, 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 like I do to my kids. McClendon, <laughs> Hollis, Anna James, like, you're not the boss. Do you hear your parents saying that to you? My kids hear me saying that constantly. Renee, you know, like, I think we say those exact words probably 20 times a day. But you need to hear it too. You need to write it as big as you can muster on something that you can see every day. I'm not the boss. And when we let that go, right, I think we can start the, the pie chart I think we'll start moving around. And we'll start letting him dictate. Because the other way is I don't know how to live other than me being the boss. Like, we don't know how to do that. Amen? I feel like how, how, what we experience is like, well, the pie chart just wrote itself. I mean, I got three jobs. I'm doing 18 hours. I've got five clubs. I'm trying to get to have some Christian community. 
And if I, and if I can, if he sets it up just perfectly between when I get out of my class and this other class and there's this kid with a sign that says, please share Jesus with me, I've only got five minutes. <laughs> That's what we're looking for, right? You know how ridiculous that sounds? That's how we want God to fit into our lives. Hey, I've got uh, 9.50, I've got to be back in 10.05. If he can hit me about right there, if he can be holding a sign, man, I'll, I'll do that for you, Lord. <laughs> you, got my, you got my random 15 minutes. I'm all yours. And so until we have that conversation with ourselves and until we start asking questions before we fill up our day. (laughs) I don't think our pie chart is going to change much. Last question. That was a good one. Last question. All right, I'll end with this. Yesterday, I was uh, sitting on my porch. No, this was Friday. Wasn't Friday like the nicest day of all time? Is anybody outside on Friday? It was just like, yes. <clears throat> and I was looking down the hill at a, a neighbor kid. Ray, what's that kid's name? I think I asked you. Callum. Callum's awesome. So he's probably about five. About five, and he's uh, got this rock in his yard, and he's got one of those like ropes and the swing, like the disc. And so he's on a rock. He's doing kind of like a Zorro thing. He's like jumping off the rock one-handed, straddling the thing, and then just kind of flying, right? And I'm watching him do that, and he is just enjoying the stew out of himself. But he stops. He does it about three times. He goes in the house, and he gets himself a headband because that's going to make the swinging better, right? You know what I'm talking about. You're like, this is good, but if I had a headband on, this would be that much better. And so he does that, and he's very self-satisfied, just enjoying himself, swinging back and forth. And he's like, oh, I need something else. He goes in, he grabs a sword. He puts that sword right in his pants. He's like, yes, now, now this is good. What is he doing? What has he seen? And I think we miss some of this too as we get older. As a kid, think about that. Why do you play pretend? Because that's what we call it, right? He's pretending, he's playing. But what's he actually doing? Somebody besides Nick. What's he, what, what's he actually doing? <laughs> That's right. I call it practicing. <laughs> he was practicing being like a pirate or something, right? Like, pirates are cool. This is fun, but if I'm like I'm a pirate doing it, that just kind of ups the ante somehow, Right? But think about the things that you loved doing, right? The things that you looked up to, as Lauren said. <clears throat> that is how we spent our childhood, wasn't it? Dreaming of what we could be and doing what we wanted to do. And think about the things you've seen on TV. My son loves superheroes, so he, I mean, he has all the suits. Like, he's got the, the best, I think the Spider-Man suit that he has is better than the one in the movie. Like, it is nice. <laughs> and he's got all the suits and all the masks, and he puts them on, and he pretends that he's Superman because he looks up to them. They're cool. They're doing something that he wants. So here's the question I want to end on. In Jesus' day, do you think little kids saw Jesus and wanted to be like him? 
as he loved others, as he healed, as he taught. They're like, dude, what you doing, man? I'm Jesus, you know. He's over here being demonstrative, a bunch of people. Hey, stand around, I'm going to teach you. Come to me and be healed, right? Do you think they played like that? Guys, here's what I want you to do, and here's what I want to do in my heart. I want that to capture my heart. You understand that, that I want to be pleasing to my father, that I want to do what I see him doing, right? That I want to play pretend, I want to practice, I want to be excited about it. Because as we do that thing, that is also how our pie chart looks the way it should. Do you understand that? That we're so enamored with the life that God has, that we fight for that, that we think that that's the coolest thing we have ever seen. And we start playing that way. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for little Callum. That as he played, Father, you just showed me this picture of what you want me to play like. That he is seeing what he thinks, that he is doing what enamors his heart. Father, would you enamor our hearts with what you're about? Lord, but to do that, that we have to stare at you. We have to see others live in your life. We've got to read your word. We've got to spend time with you. As the Lord, I pray that you would enable us to do that, that you would give us this vision of yourself so that we'll no longer be hostile to you, Father, but that we will be pleasing, that we will play as you want us to play. I can see as my own son playing in the backyard and I'm looking out our window and I can, see, I can see you doing the same thing and as he's doing what's pleasing to me, I am so satisfied. And yet what he's doing, what I don't want him to do, Father, I'm not. Father, I want you to be satisfied with me. I know the folks in this room want you to be satisfied with them. Lord, help us in our spirit learn what pleases you. And help us learn for that to be pleasing to us also. We pray these things in Christ's name.